0: Gentlemen, welcome to the Becoming Men podcast brought to you by TheBecomingMen.com. I'm your host, Ray De La Nuez, and this is the podcast for men on their masculine journey. Hey, it's been an exciting couple weeks here in the De La Nuez household. I got parents in town that are hanging out with the kids. I was able to watch my six-year-old decide to be baptized and actually go through it and see the joy on his face after he did it, make that decision for himself. And I've been able to grow closer to friends, grow closer to my wife, have some uncomfortable conversations with friends and be more intentional in developing real friendships, real intimate friendships. And if you didn't know, we've been kicking off a weekly men's group through Zoom. That's been fantastic. We have a small group of men who meet, do intentional life together, do life intentionally, I should say. That's been fantastic. And if you didn't know in the state of North Carolina, a couple of weeks ago, we didn't have gas, which is crazy, right? All oil in my area of the state was just like not being delivered. It was non-existent. And we didn't know when it was going to show up. Something about somebody getting a mainline hacked. And you can imagine all of the delays that comes from that. But from that came an interaction that I'm excited to share with you guys today. I was sitting at a gas station, filling up some jugs, um, you know, the the gasoline cans and filling up my truck, filling up my car just to be, you know, prepared for when everybody else goes crazy. And while I was there, a man started speaking to me there at the pump and he said something to me. I really couldn't understand him. And he picked up this uh, voice box, an electric Box that you put up to your throat—I don't know the you know medical terminology for that one or what it is that is actually happening—but you know the device that allows people who uh, maybe had some kind of uh, throat issues, throat cancer patients—I've seen it on a lot—allows them to speak. And so, as he's speaking to me and we're having this conversation, I'm kind of developing this picture and, and the story in my mind of what it was that happened. He was this man who lost his voice or lost his ability to, to speak normally without the aid of some electric device. And I'm thinking it probably came from throat cancer, which I think, and this is again, what I'm making up in my mind probably came from smoking. And I'm like, man, that must be tough, right? Like that is life altering. That is something that completely transforms how you do life. How it is that you communicate. Like that's just, that's crazy. And so, you know, it was a pleasant conversation. We kind of walk away from that. And uh, my wife says, hey, I want some candy. Well, I run into the store and I go grab my wife some candy because, hey, my wife says she wants some candy. I'm going to go get her some candy. And as I grab the candy, I get up to the line. I notice that the guy who I was just speaking to outside is right in front of me. And I'm kind of looking closer at, you know, his. uh, His state of being, you know, what is going on in his neck. And he had to like cover up this hole that he had there. And, um, the electric box, I'm looking at it a little bit closer and he goes to put it up to his throat and talk to the guy behind the counter. And he asks him for cigarettes. And that right there blew me away right? Because like I said, I'm developing this entire picture in my mind of how this person developed, you know, maybe throat cancer, had to go through, I don't know, maybe some chemo, remove whatever was going on in there, go through all of that. Now has his life altering condition. And here he is buying this one pack of stuff that, you know, produces cancer and maybe exacerbates the problem. Who knows? And then I got to thinking, man, I want to believe, I think we all want to believe that the people around us naturally want to do what is good for them. And I'm thinking this, like I'm holding these two things of candy in my hands and I'm thinking, I want to believe that this guy, after he had had cancer, right? Again, I didn't know the situation, but I made this up and I, I think it was a safe assumption that he would no longer touch cigarettes again that he would now walk in a way that was not harmful to him or to his body. But here he is holding now a pack of cigarettes in his hand and, and giving his card hard earned money for it. And I'm just one line, you know, one person in line behind him. And here I am holding two king size pieces of candy and I know that this stuff, logically, logically, guys, I know that this stuff's not good for me, right? I don't want these trans fats in my body. I don't want the all this sugar inside of me, my kids, my wife. Like I I do a lot actually at home to be able to eat clean, heat healthy, but yet that's not what I was doing. Right. It's a smaller scale than than the cigarettes thing, but like it's on the same, it's in the same arena. It's the same issue. Here we are doing the things which we know are not good for us but maybe they just feel good for us. They feel good to us. And man, imagine that truth multiplied times almost everybody else around you. That you you would think logically because we're all logic human beings, you know, from the humanistic standpoint like this is no longer good for you. This relationship is not good for you. So therefore you're going to leave. Right. And you talk to that person who actually explains to you how they just can't let go. Or, you know, you're in this type of relationship with your parents or with a friend, like you're going to stand up for yourself. Right. It's like, well, no, because I actually need to be able to save face or I need to be able to, you know, keep things in order, keep this tradition or whatever it is. You know, there's no way you're going back to that environment, that poisonous environment at work. Like, are you going to do something? Are you going to report that thing? Well, no, because if I do, then that's going to create this and that's going to create that. And I, I'm just going to put up with it. How many people do you know, know what is good for them, but they just don't do it? So there's actually a term for for this uncomfortable dilemma that's created in these situations. And it's called cognitive dissonance. And and it goes like this, you know, real easy example. I know that cigarettes may cause cancer, but my behavior is that I smoke cigarettes. So I have to do something with that information. I have to do something to make this information make sense to me so that I can live in harmony. Otherwise, I have competing and conflicting information that I must live with all of the time. Okay, like, for example, I know that this relationship is not good for me, but I continue to stay in this relationship. I have to decide something. I have to make some kind of rationale in my mind or else I'm going to live in cognitive dissonance. And I'll I'll give you a little bit of a, a, you know, scientific definition of what it is. Cognitive dissonance refers to a situation involving conflicting attitude, beliefs and behavior. This produces a feeling of mental discomfort, legit discomfort leading to an alteration in one of the attitudes or the beliefs or the behavior. So something has to change either the belief or your behavior. And a lot of times it's not even like a changing of the belief. It is a pushing away or distorting that your belief so that you can continue uh, to live in balance and in harmony. Cognitive dissonance theory suggests that uh, we have an inner drive to hold all of our attitudes and behaviors in harmony and to avoid disharmony. And this is known as the principle, like I said, of cognitive consistency. When there is an inconsistency between attitudes and behaviors, a dissonance, something must change. Notice that dissonance theory does not actually state that that these modes of dissonance reduction will actually work, right? It it doesn't actually say that this thing will, will take care of the issue. Only that individuals who are in the state of cognitive dissonance will take the steps to reduce the extent of discomfort. Okay, so it's not like they're actually doing anything to fix the problem. As I think about this, guys, I can't help but think about Paul in Romans 7. Paul in Romans 7, verse 15, he says this. For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want to do, but I do the very thing I hate. Okay, then we'll skip forward a little bit to verse 19. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep doing. This this right here, it's where it gets good. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So, I mean, here's an awareness of something that you are doing that that is going on in your life that you are aware of and you know, oh my goodness, like I am actually doing this thing, conducting myself in this manner, continuously living this out. I don't want to. And I know it's not good for me, but I keep doing it. Why do I keep doing it? Why Why is this thing still happening inside of me? Maybe it's a, an addiction. Maybe it's a, you know an addiction to pornography. Maybe it's an addiction to masturbation. Maybe it's lust. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's drugs. Or maybe it's a relationship that you're not supposed to be in. I keep doing that thing that I do not want to do. And the thing that I do want to do, I do not do it. And it's it's all because of this thing that I'm craving, this thing that makes me feel good. And that right there takes us down a whole nother road and takes us to a whole nother level of things that we crave and that make us feel good. Because again, that guy who's buying the cigarettes, who probably had. Throat cancer before and is still continuing that action. He's no longer doing what is good for him. He's only doing what feels good for him. Me buying Snickers and Reese's is not doing what is good for me. I know that logically, but I have to somehow skew that because this makes me feel good. But I heard something recently that really caught my attention. And it was that we can actually change what we crave based on what it is that we feed our bodies. I mean, this is like, I don't know, health science 101 or food science 101. Like if you continuously keep fighting, feeding your body, the same food, like your body will get used to that food. And like, it'll start to crave that food. Like, Hey, no dude, it's one o'clock. And every time, every day at one o'clock, you feed me a sandwich. Where's my sandwich. And, but it does that with, you know, food that's not good for you. Maybe you drink three Cokes every day at certain times of day and your body recognizes that and knows, hey, I need my high fructose corn syrup at this time of the day. I'm craving it. But did you know that you can crave God? Did you know that you can crave the Lord and desire him? That you can actually feed yourself the word and enjoy it as daily bread And not just like as a pie that you have on the holidays, you can feed yourself this daily bread and actually enjoy the presence of the Lord, become addicted to it in a good way, and then actually crave it and desire it and want it more and crave it. But guys, let me, I mean, I'm going to tell you this real quick from just from a relationship perspective. If I only pursued my wife when I craved her quote unquote, I probably would not have the relationship that I have right now. No, I definitely would not have the relationship that I have with my wife right now. And so there is this aspect of, Hey, you're in a relationship. So you have to seek things out even when you don't feel like it, but you know, that when you do, it is good for you. And so you continue to consume it and your body right? Your spirit will actually begin to continue to crave it, crave it more. And it it becomes just a cycle of you just living in the way that you were supposed to live in complete connection and communion with the Lord. And guys, this is actually what we're after right here. Matthew 5, 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Like righteousness is something that you can thirst for right now. And that hunger That thing that is being stirred up inside of you, you can ask God to increase your hunger and your thirst, which only He can quench, and which only He can satisfy. And then there's Psalm 63. I love this Psalm. It's one of the Psalms that I I I first memorized, and I was I remember being a young sergeant, 23, 24 years old, on deployment in the middle of the desert, reading this, walking around in the middle of the desert at night. Oh God, Psalm, Psalm 63, oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Guys, did you know that your soul can thirst, that your flesh can long if you choose it? And that's the beautiful thing. but. We need to get over the fact that we, you know, we do this thing that we do not want to do and we keep on doing it and the thing that we want to do, we do not do. And, but guess what? That is not something for you to white knuckle and bear on your own. This is something that I did so much guys. Like I legit would spend hours focusing on how I needed to do something better, do something more. And, and my mentor actually put it in a, the best perspective. He said, Ray, you are trying to be your holy, your own Holy Spirit. You're trying to be your own guard dog where you are like watching out for yourself. And you're kind of like taking care of every single aspect of your life to make sure that you don't fall, that you don't sin, that you don't stumble and not allowing the Holy Spirit to guide you, not allowing the Holy Spirit to convict you and to do its work and not allowing Holy Spirit to like empower you. We've been given a spirit of love, of power, and of a sound mind, not a mind of cognitive dissonance, and a lot, and not a a spirit of slavery to sin, but love, power, and a sound mind. And guys, that's that's what I wanna that's what I want to get to. Right? We all want to get there. A fully understanding I've been giving a spirit of love, power, and sound mind. God wants to have a relationship with me. There are things in my life that I do right now that I don't want to do. I am not called to bear this burden on my own. Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and heavy and, and, and have this heavy burden, dude, and I will give you rest. And so here I am coming to Jesus and, and it says that I can give this to him, which it's it's an exchange Okay. So I have to have an exchange. So here's, here's this burden that I have, Jesus, of this thing that I don't want to do. I have the Holy Spirit. I'm excha- I have the exchange of burden for peace. And in that peace, somehow it comes packaged with power and enough power to be able to do the thing that, that I could not do on my own. And now I'm able to do that thing, which is not just, not just feels good to me, but that is actually good for me. And I'm craving God and I'm craving good things and I'm living in a manner that is worthy of the Lord. Right now, I just pray that you guys would have a week where you would seek out the Lord in an entirely different way. And so that 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 seeking would bring you to a new level of thirsting and that thirsting would bring you to a new level of craving and that craving into a new level of longing. And that God would be the only thing that could satisfy that longing, that craving and that thirsting. I pray guys that you would be able to see the power that you have in the Holy Spirit to stop doing the thing that you know you do not want to do and to do those things that you know you ought to do. And the cognitive dissonance would not be a thing in your life anymore. That you would be in complete harmony because you are empowered by the Spirit that you are doing the things that are hard right now because Jesus gave you the power to do it. I pray that you would have a personal encounter with him. I pray that you would grow into the man that you want to become. Until next time, continue to march.